You are listening to the Planeswalker Radio Podcast, episode number four. This week, we're talking top eights and ask why isn't Wizards promoting their own players? Let's get to it. Hey everybody, what is going on? Dan McEwen here, your friendly neighborhood podcast host. Welcome to or welcome back to the Planeswalker Radio Podcast, your weekly esports radio show style podcast. How many times can I say podcast in one intro? Covering the various Magic the Gathering teams and players currently grinding it out in the multiverse. Show notes can be found at planeswalkerradio.com and you can also follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PW Radio MTG. Now, let's dive right into this week's show. So this past weekend, there were not one, not two, but three modern events. There was one in Kobe, one in Copenhagen, and one in Baltimore. The Baltimore one was an SCG tour stop, and the other two were Grand Prix. Now, there are some interesting things to note here. So I'm going to kind of go through all of the results. So if you're on the subway, if you're in a car, this part of the podcast probably won't be too bad. If you're on a run, or if you're on a bike ride, or if you're on a walk, it might not be as exciting, but is what it is. What are you going to do? I still appreciate the listen, regardless. So let's start with a Grand Prix at Kobe Top 8. And I hope that you all, at least from the Grand Prix side of the house, can notice a pattern. So... You had Grand Prix Kobe. First place was Joe So from Malaysia. So I'm actually on the Wizards website on the the archive, the coverage archive for Grand Prix Kobe. And Joe is 29 from Malaysia. His occupation is listed as self-employed and he ended up playing a white-black Eldrazi deck. Interesting to note here, he was actually the finalist for last year's Kobe event. Uh, the Grand Prix there in Kobe. So I thought that was kind of cool for him to move from, you know, to make it, you know, through a a large tournament that was Grand Prix Kobe. And then he kind of was able to take the top spot. I thought that was kind of cool. And moving on to second place, he defeated Teramusa Kojima. He is 27 from Osaka. And his previous Magic accomplishment was 3-0 at a Friday Night Magic. Not bad. That's more than I can say for myself, unfortunately. But, hey, whatever. What are you going to do? This isn't about me. This is about the other players that are grinding it out. So, moving into third place, you had Park Bio. Park Bo. I should have done a disclaimer before I started reading these because I am probably going to absolutely butcher a lot of these names. Now, with the last name like McEwen, I make it a, a very concerted effort to produce or to pronounce Jesus to pronounce everybody's name as well as I can, but hey, the show must go on. So anyway, he was playing a Grixis Death Shadows deck, something I failed to mention. Um, Kojima-san, the one that plays second, he was playing a Dredge list. So you have White Black Eldrazi in first, second was Dredge, third was Death Shadow. In fourth place, you had... Fumiyasu Suzuke, he played an Eldrazi Tron deck. Tomoya Subauchi, he is a 30-year-old from Aichi, Japan, another self-employed individual. 
he piloted an ad nauseum deck. Takeshi Kagawa, 29, from Hyogo, Japan, a system engineer, he played Affinity with a single copy of Collected Company. Now, there are some of the Magic YouTubers out there that are that did a a deck check with it. I believe it was the Mana Source, and I'm probably screwing that up. Regardless, the Mana Source does excellent content anyway, so even if you watch his videos and he wasn't the actual one, you're going to find something there that you like regardless. So, anyway, uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. All the interesting, or the one single copy of Collected Company in an Affinity deck. And then you had Akio Chiba from Sapporo, Office Worker, 30. He played Esper Control with Glorybound Initiates, a four, a four of. Quite interesting. And then finally, you had Ryochi Tamada. He is from Osaka and is a store owner. And he played a Jeskai Control route control list so that was grand prix kobe now moving on to copenhagen they the winner of that was an italian player named mattia Rizzi. he ended up winning with grixis death's shadow michael steinica from Aschaffenburg, germany now, as somebody that is living in Germany right now, I feel like I should be able to pronounce it, but again, language, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. He ended up playing the uh, the Counters Company deck, the one with Devoted Druid and Vizier of Remedies. Remy LeFrancois from Paris, he ended up winning with Dredge. He is a 24-year-old data scientist. Mr. Steinecke is a software developer, and... Mattia Rizzi is a magic player. That's what he has listed as a as an occupation. Pretty interesting. In let's see, what was that fourth place now? If I can count good, fourth place was Timu Hollinen from Ladi, Finland. He played a Titan Shift deck. Mister Martin Mula himself played a blue red Storm deck with Gifts Ungiven in there. I love Gifts Ungiven, one of my favorite cards ever. Christian Ortiz Rios from Mercia, Spain, came in sixth place playing Living End. Kim Stroh is a 30-year-old high school teacher. He was the hometown hero, if you, you will, from Copenhagen. He played Lantern Control. And then Gunnar Geisler from Jena, Germany, he is a 41 IT guy, just as IT in his occupation. He played Death Setter Zoo and had Tribal Flames as one of the best cards in his main deck. And then that brings us to the SCG Tour Stop in Baltimore. So that event, um, going into it, uh, Brad Nelson won first. And the coverage listing on... The top eight profiles is by how they finished in the standings going into the top eight. So I am going to click on what the final the final uh, standings were 
So Brad Nelson ended up finishing in first. And it was funny because if you follow him on Twitter, you would know that initially he wasn't going to go to this event. He ended up registering last minute and flying out to Baltimore or maybe driving up there. I don't know. But he ended up winning with a Grixis Death Shadow deck. So that is, if memory serves correctly, and I know I should be a little more professional and have the count somewhere or somewhere written down beforehand, but I'm getting there. Baby steps, everybody. Baby steps. He ended up, uh, so that's about, I guess, three Grixis Death Shadows deck across the, uh, across the events so far. Ben Friedman, 40-card Friedman himself, came in second with Dredge. Jacob Haversot was in third with Amulet Titan. Reed Duke, hashtag Baywatch, if you listen to Magic Mikes, he was piloting a Jun deck. He came in fourth place. Aldrazi Tron, fifth place, belonged to Mr. Todd Stevens, arguably the best-dressed player on the SCG circuit. Ryan Hovis placed sixth with a Sultai Death Shadow deck. Craig Berry played a Titan Shift deck to 7th place. And then another Grixis Death Shadow came in 8th place at the hands of James O'Shaughnessy. So, that is a pretty decent spread of decks. And I think Modern is probably the healthiest format that Magic the Gathering has. And I'm... Pretty sure it's going to stay that way. I know there were a few Hour of Devastation leaks uh, today, namely the Planeswalker card for the Big Bad himself. And the name is blanking. I cannot believe it. This is super embarrassing. I should totally edit this and post, but I'm not going to because it's raw. We're doing it raw, dog. I still can't think of the guy's name. Nicobolus. Holy crap, that took way too long. But anyway... Uh, so we'll see kind of what kind of cards Hour of Devastation brings to the modern format. So that was the top eight breakdown. I kind of wanted to, it, I'm sure a lot of you are looking at the coverage. And I'm just, I'm still trying to feel my way around how I want this. So if you're still listening up to this point at the 10 minute and 23 second mark, I really appreciate it. I'm still working on how this podcast is going to bring you value. I'm hoping that the audio format will kind of give you all back some time. I know for me, I listen to podcasts when I go run or if I'm working out in the gym and all that good stuff and in my car going back and forth from work. So eventually I will have the formula that I am working on figured out to provide you guys the best value. But one thing I wanted to highlight before we end this show, this one's going to be a little bit shorter and that's simply because, again, I'm still trying to figure out the formula, how to how to best promote this, not promote it, but I want to make sure that you, the listener, have find this content valuable and that it's not crap, which, it, you know, the first few, it, it probably is. Let's just be real. But that's fine. Whatever. I'll get my groove. You'll get your groove, and everybody will be groovy, and it'll be great. So I wanted to talk about an article by Rich Stein. I swear the man is... Like my writer, for me, I think my voice is probably my my one of my strongest characteristics, my ability to present information. And part of that stems from my time as a drill instructor. You know, you kind of learn how to how to do that public speaking type of stuff. And he is the what he writes is basically what I want to present 
on this podcast. So with that said, I am going to kind of somewhat read his article to you all because if you haven't read it, you can at least listen to it. So think of it kind of as a, as an audiobook for this hipstersofthecoast.com article by Rich Stein, which was titled, Why Can't Wizards and Twitch Promote Their Own Players? So Rich opens up the article and he asks, how do you promote the competitors you feature at the highest level of your championship series? This is a problem that Wizards faces, but it isn't a unique problem to Magic or the Pro Tour because Magic is missing the kind of marquee personality that is Amaz to the Hearthstone community. Wizards has opted to invite Amaz to the Pro Tour, and he says that this addresses a symptom of the problem, low viewership, but not the root disease. So for those of you that don't know, Amaz is a well-known Hearthstone player, and Wizards opted to give him a special invite to the Pro Tour, to Pro Tour Hour of Devastation, if I'm not mistaken. And there was a lot of uproar about, you know, why why is he grinding? Or, you know, why are other players grinding? They're not getting on the Pro Tour, but this one guy is. And I can't remember who said it. I want to say it's Gary Vaynerchuk. If you guys don't listen to his stuff, I highly recommend it. It's, it's really good. It's one of the inspirations for this podcast. But there are a lot of paths to success. And, you know... Yes, maybe Amaz didn't grind on the Pro Tour, but he grinded it out to get his Twitch followership to where it is. So that can't be lost on... I hope that isn't lost on the Magic community as a whole. But, you know, moving on, he... Richard, you know, points to another article on the Hipsters of the Coast site by Anthony Lowry, who used to write for Star City Games. It'd be interesting to know why he left, but whatever. I'm not going to get into that this week. Um, so Rich goes on to talk about, you know, he can talk about the media coverage of the pro tour and more importantly, the lack of what he feels is the most critical coverage coverage of the players themselves. So that is exactly why I wanted to do this podcast. And it is because I think that the player coverage is criminally low. A lot of the focus is put on the cards and the decks themselves, which I guess is all well and good because that is a part of the game, but it is not the only part of the game. You need to have players in order to play the game. I guess it's kind of a cart before the horse type of situation where, you know, there's no game, there's no players, but if there's no players, there's no game. I don't know. Whatever. That seems too deep for me, so I'm going to keep going. So he says, let's be perfectly clear. Wizards and their partner in crime, Twitch, more on them later, do not do a good enough job of promoting professional magic players if they don't promote themselves. Full stop. This isn't to say that Wizards hasn't tried in some capacity to promote their players. The most common way they do this is through feature matches shown on camera in tournament coverage. Next up is short features on coverage like interviews, deck techs, or the segments that Brian David Marshall hosts in the homes players have rented. Not to be forgotten is the written event coverage on the mothership but that's a small piece of what gets published there. It clearly isn't enough, and there's a lot of reasons for that. First and foremost, the majority of work that Wizards does to promote their own pro players happens during the Pro Tour coverage itself. There are only four Pro Tour events throughout the year. Wizards essentially spends one weekend every three months promoting their top players, and then there's radio silence in between. Again, hopefully this podcast aims to fill that gap. So Wizards, if you're listening... I am I'm here for y'all. I'm ho- you know, I love this game so much and I want to make sure that you guys, you know, 
your players are taken care of and that you all are able to continue to produce a quality game so that we have something to look forward to. But again, you know, there's radio silence in between. You know, how do you, how do you, what else is there? It's not like there's, you know, a thousand player tournaments every few weekends. Oh, wait a minute. But there is. So Rich goes on. What happens to the pros in the interim? Do they stop playing Magic? No. They go to Grand Prix tournaments and they play online and they still get together with their teammates to brew new decks, tune their limited strategies, and review past performances. It's just the spotlight that's been turned off and stowed away until the next Pro Tour event. So imagine this, if you will. It's kind of like a Twilight Zone intro. That was kind of cool. But imagine this. So you have all these players streaming. You know, for me, I see Jim Davis from the Metagame Gurus. I know Brendan DeCandio is, is stepping up his streaming game. Uh, Emma Handy is out there. Jeff Hoogland, you know, between Hex and all the other ones. You know, he streams a, a fair bit of of Magic the Gathering and you know it'd be cool to kind of pop in on them see what they're doing and then try to try to gauge what they are going to be doing going into an event going into a major you know going into the Star City Games Invitational which is in a few weeks that tournament looks unreal if I was in the States I would actually try to get to that it looks incredible if you don't know what's going on I don't want to give it away too much here because I want to focus more on on the players and stuff, go check it out on the Star City Games website. But, you know, it'd be cool to highlight some of that stuff, you know, during the week. It'd be great if Wizards, you know, kind of highlighted it as well. Or if they're not going to, open up an avenue for other content creators like myself or other podcasters or other YouTubers to to kind of cover that. You know, you have sport, you know, something like Sports Center that broadcasts daily. You know, Pipe Dream down the road, it'd be cool to bring this to a daily show, but, you know, crawl, walk, run type of deal. I'm still very much in the crawl stage, but whatever. So we're going to continue with Rich's article. And he says that there is an obvious connection to be drawn between Wizards' budding partnership with Twitch and the decision to invite successful Twitch partner Amaz, Amaz excuse me, to the Pro Tour. His channel, his being Amaz, channel on Twitch has just under 76 million views. The Magic Channel has just under 53 million. That's 5-3. 5-3 million. Bringing Amaz to the Pro Tour is a clear attempt to grow Magic's audience on Twitch, something that Twitch clearly benefits from, as does Magic. The problem is that while this helps Twitch out, it doesn't help the Pro Tour and it doesn't directly help pro players. Maybe Amaz streams a bit more Magic over the coming months leading up to the Pro Tour, but ultimately this doesn't solve the real challenge. Where is the next Amaz of the Magic community? Where is the next Kibler? Where is the next Finkel versus, you know, Kai Buddha storyline? In the past, Wizards has relied on the players themselves to promote their own brand and for the storylines to tell themselves. That is not the way to grow the audience for Magic. The team series is a start in the right direction, but Wizards and Twitch have their work cut out for them if they're going to figure out how to promote Magic players to the community. So, going back to the three Grand Prix top eight events, or the, excuse me, the top eight, the top eights from this past weekend's events, you had two Grand Prix and then the Star City Games tour. Now, I can probably make an argument that a lot of you did not recognize many of the players that were listed for the Grand Prix, save from Martin Mueller. He is the first one off the top of my head that I 
can think of, and I have to actually go back to my notes to think of the other one. Ryochi Tamada, he's another one. I can't even tell you what, what team series team he is on. I want to say Musashi or Main Card, one of the two. And to be frank, I really just don't want to look it up right now. You know, professionalism and all that. But no, what? Now you know what? You made me guilty. You made me guilty. So if you if you're on a run, if you know this is this would be a kind of a time to speed up while I'm, you know, typing in here. Grand Prix Kobe 2017 MTG to figure out exactly what team he's on. Actually, I can't even do that because it won't show it because Wizards does a terrible job of that. Let's see here. Ryochi Tamada tournament fans is catching up with Ryochi Tamada. Nope, that's not going to work either. God, I'm terrible at this, people. Absolutely terrible. So anyway, keep going. You're almost done with that run. You're almost done. Keep going. Keep going. I'm I'm still work. I'm still trying to work some magic here. Still trying to work it. Still trying to work it. Why am I terrible at this? Anyway, so that anyway, so that my team, my my thought is probably way lost, and I probably lost like half of the people so if you're still with me i really appreciate it but the the point that i was trying to make is that there's really no consistency for a lot of these events you know some people spike an event and you never hear from them again there there is no last samurai that's the team that he's on anyway so back to my original thought before i add'd into something else the consistency for players, the consistency for coverage is kind of all over the place. There really is none. There, It's tough to follow players when, you know, if they do well at a Grand Prix, you might see them. They're probably, that's probably the highlight of their career and you'll never see a top eight from them again. I hope that's not the case, but if history is any indicator that I'm probably not going to be wrong they will probably never see them again so that was kind of why i wanted to talk about the top eights for the events and kind of tie it back into this article by rich stein from histories of the coast so he has a few he goes on to have a few more thoughts 10 of them to be exact and i'm only going to read a few that really kind of touch on you know the theme of his article about the coverage for the magic players and it says if you want number one if you want an easy way to promote players between Pro Tour events, look no further than the Grand Prix. Pro players used to be awarded appearance fees for traveling to Grand Prix events, but that is no longer the case except for Platinum players who receive $250 and the sleep-in special. Having the pros appear on the smaller circuit allows the media, i.e. Planeswalker Radio, to build more continuous coverage and promote them week to week. Now, Wizards, it would also be incredible this goes for Grand Prix and for the Star City Games stuff. So Star City Games, if anybody is listening there, Cedric, if you're listening, you know, fat chance. But if you do, super humbled. It would be nice to see what players are registered for what event beforehand so that content creators can maybe start speculating on, you know, if they're attending, what are they going to be playing based on past events? That I think that would be super helpful going forward. Point number two, Magic, as 
I, I being Rich Stein, Rich Stein 13 on Twitter, he said is not a unique, magic is not unique in this problem. The NHL has long set the standard for failing to promote its players or for receiving negative feedback for only promoting Sidney Crosby. I don't even know who that is. I'm not a real big NHL fan, but oh well. I can still kind of the, to see where this analogy is going. And he says the result is clear as the NHL far lags behind its major sports siblings, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Failing to promote your star players has a clear price no matter how big or small your community slash fan base is. And then number three, the last thought that Rich is bringing up concerning promoting players is you have to consider the role in Magic Online in all of this as the platform certainly doesn't make it as easy as Hearthstone does to create a brand online. Plenty of folks are working on this problem, but it's really the one that Twitch should be helping to solve instead of just offering up other games' top players as special tribute. So I think that that one, you know, I'm not really a, a huge Magic Online fan. I like watching some of MTG Goldfish's videos because Seth, better known as Saffron Olive, he does a good job with those. And I just, you know, that type of content, I'm, I'm more drawn to that. So... That wraps up Rich's article, and that's going to kind of wrap up this week's podcast episode. If you stuck with me this long for 25 minutes, that is absolutely infinitely longer than I thought this was going to be, and I guess I just kind of hit my stride. Um, so if you're wrapping up a commute or if you're listening to this in a few different plays, you know, I appreciate it. Again, that is kind of the value that I see this podcast. I kind of want it to eventually become a quote-unquote sports center for magic you know I really want to highlight the players versus the cards and the decks I want you all to kind of get to know some of the players and some of the teams and some of the stuff that goes on in their lives that affects their game their tournament their tournament performances so Thank you again for listening to Planeswalker Radio. Be sure to visit planeswalkerradio.com for the show notes and for all the requisite social media links. If you enjoyed the show, please share it. You know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are now on iTunes, Planeswalker Radio. Uh, Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with your enemies. If you think it sucks, that's cool. But again, if you think it sucks, you got to give me some constructive feedback. I can already kind of tell where it's going to go, where I just kind of ramble on for 25 minutes, 26 minutes, and 48 seconds, whatever. But, you know, again, I really want to make sure that, you know, the players are getting the recognition that they deserve besides just that the Pro Tour and just from Wizards of the Coast coverage of them. So if you listen or if you remember any of the names that I've said, you know, I just read down the top eight, try to search for them on Twitter, you know, go out, take a look at their, you know, social media profiles. If they have a Patreon, if they are content providers, you know, support them, support them where you can, because they're the ones that allow you to, you know, kind of take a break from, you know, your weekend chores. If you're going to pop in and and jump on a a Twitch stream and kind of watch what's going on, see their performance on a Star City Games event or see it on a, you know, on the Grand Prix circuit. Awesome. Do that. That is my That is my request of you. Um, Thank you again, and we will see you next week where I will 
do my best to make sure that I, I kind of get the my footing for this. And I will see you next time.